It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys, Each Guys No Sports, live here on the Worldwide Sports Network on this Wednesday, November the 17th. Live here with your boy Trey Larkins on the Wise Guys Sports Show. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. We in the house tonight on the Worldwide Sports Network. How is everyone doing on this hump day? It is Wednesday. We are halfway through the week, ladies and gentlemen. I got some nice topics I'm going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the Packers-Vikings matchup in the NFC North this Sunday in Minnesota. It's going to be an NFC North battle between Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Also, I'm going to talk about a little little later on the show, the L.A. Rams. All that hype going on right now out there in L.A. Odell Beckham just got signed to the Rams, but yet the Rams have lost two straight games and got dominated by the 49ers on Monday Night Football and Odell Beckham's debut for the L.A. Rams. And also, I'm going to talk about the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Who needs to win more? Is it the Cowboys or is it the Chiefs sitting at six and four? We're going to talk about that a little bit later on the show as well. But before I get into the show, I do want to say and give an RIP to Young Dolph. Young rapper was killed today in Memphis, Tennessee. And I want to give a moment of silence for Young Dolph uh, here for a few, for, for a few seconds. That was a moment, moment of silence for Young Dolph. He was 36 years old, young rapper that was killed today in Memphis, Tennessee. Has a family, has kids, um, you know, has a wife, is married. Just a tragedy that took place this afternoon in the streets of Memphis. And uh, I just wanted to give a moment of silence for Young Dolph. And my prayers goes out to everyone in Dolph's family and any of his friends as well. I'll give y'all my condolences. A very, very sad situation today in Memphis. But let's get right to the show, and let's talk about last night as we had a matchup in the NBA as it was a dominating performance last night in Brooklyn by the Golden State Warriors, ladies and gentlemen. The Golden State Warriors beat the Brooklyn Nets 117-99 to for the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry. He played sensational. He had 37 points, seven rebounds, five assists for the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden, he led the way with 24 points, four rebounds, four assists. So this morning I was watching First Take and I was listening to Stephen A. Smith, sports host on First Take, a very popular sports broadcaster here in America. Um, And I want to say this about Stephen A. I got a lot of respect for Stephen A. Being in the sports broadcasting industry, trying to grind my way through and trying to work my way up the ladder and, you know, build up a resume and put together, you know, a certain body of work. Stephen A has done all of those things, you know, being a sports broadcaster. He's been doing it for a very, very long time. 
Like I, I know he at one point he was at Wisdom Salem State University and he's worked his way up the ladders, is now the leading sports host at ESPN. And I got a lot of respect for Stephen A and, and what he's been able to accomplish in the sports broadcasting industry. He is one of the broadcasters that I do look up to, uh, but I disagree with him at times. And here is one of those times. This morning I heard him rant about how the Brooklyn Nets are suffering right now because Kyrie Irving is not playing. And he talked about how he feels as if Kyrie Irving pretty much played Kevin Durant. And he said that his, his exact words were, Kyrie Irving betrayed Kevin Durant. And so I disagree with Stephen A about that because I got my opinion about the vaccine. I feel like that's something that's a personal choice. Um, Kyrie has his own feelings about the vaccine. He hasn't played this so far this season. So I do understand why Stephen A would feel as if Kyrie Irving betrayed Kevin Durant, considering the fact that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they were scheduled to go to the New York Knicks and that's where they were going. And then right before they made their final decision and announced it to everyone, according to Stephen A, Kyrie, he called up Kevin Durant and he told Kevin Durant, hey, let's go to Brooklyn. Let's create our own culture in Brooklyn. And they didn't go to New York and they ultimately went to Brooklyn. And so I guess Stephen A feels as if that Kyrie has betrayed Kevin Durant because Kyrie currently is not playing because of the protocols right now that are set in place in the city of New York where you have to be vaccinated. You can't play in home games in that particular state if you're not vaccinated in the state of New York. So clearly right now, Kyrie is not vaccinated and so he's not playing. I do believe that Kevin Durant, James Harden, they should be on the phone having a conversation with Kyrie Irving about returning to the lineup because last night it was a beatdown that took place in Brooklyn. And I have my feelings about Kyrie and the vaccine, and I, I feel like Kyrie, that's a personal decision for that man. You can't force that man to get the vaccine. That is a personal choice. And I know every he's an NBA star, your job is to play basketball and play basketball at a very, very high level. But I believe when it comes to health and taking a vaccine, that is a personal choice. But last night, I did make a post on Facebook. And I'm going to read you out my post. I said on Facebook last night, the Brooklyn Nets better be on the phone with Kyrie tonight and beg him to take the vaccine. The Warriors just put the rest of the NBA on notice with this dominating performance. And right now they are the favorites, not only in the Western Conference, but in the entire NBA. And by the way, there are reports from Adrian Wojnarowski that Klay Thompson will be back, not in months, but in a few weeks. So Klay Thompson will be back for the Golden State Warriors. They are playing at a very, very high level right now. Steph Curry right now is my NBA MVP Steph Curry is balling so far this season. The man's averaging 29 points per game on 45% shooting from the floor, six rebounds, six, six assists. He's playing some great basketball. And the man is shooting. What is he shooting from three-point range? 
The man shooting 40% from three-point range. We know he is the greatest shooter in NBA history. He's playing at a very, very high level right now. But when I look at this Brooklyn, this Golden State Warriors team, it's not just Steph Curry. Like, you got young players like Jordan Poole, who's stepping up. He had 17 points last night. You had Andrew Wiggins. He had 19 points last night. He has been a key contributor for the Golden State Warriors so far this season. He has the perfect role because once Clay comes back, Steve Kerr, he has this offense running through Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. So Andrew Wiggins, he can be that third option on this Golden State Warriors team. I don't think Andrew Wiggins is a first or second option, but I do believe he's a great third option to a championship team. And then you have the all-around great Draymond Green. Last night he had 11 points, six rebounds, eight assists. We know how great of a passer Draymond Green is. We know how great of a defender he was. In the early part of the Warriors dynasty, I still think Draymond Green can play defense at a very, very high level. I don't think he's the same defender that he once was like in 2015 or 2016, you know, when the Warriors were winning championships. But I still think Draymond Green is a big time defender for this Golden State Warriors team. And then you got the reliable veteran in Andre Iguodala. I mean, last night he only had five points, but we know in playoff moments, Andre Iguodala, you can rely on him to hit key shots in key pivotal moments. So this Golden State Warriors team, they are the real deal. They are 12-2 and two on the season. And right now, they are not only the favorites in the Western Conference, but they are the favorites in the entire NBA. And the Splash Brothers, once they are back together and Klay Thompson returns back to the lineup, they should be the favorites in the NBA as we progress throughout the season. Because right now, we see the Lakers, they're struggling, 8-7 on the season. I know right now they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks live on ESPN, but they've been struggling so far this season. The Brooklyn Nets, they are 10-5 and five on the season, but I just feel like something is missing with the Brooklyn Nets, and that something is Kyrie Irving. And I believe Kyrie Irving's value has never been as high as it is right now because the Brooklyn Nets need Kyrie Irving if they're going to be able to compete for an NBA championship and beat the likes of a Golden State once they get to the NBA Finals. They're going to need Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant all playing at a high level. So, I mean, like I said, this morning, the reason why I brought up Stephen A is because he feels as if Kyrie betrayed Kevin Durant, and I disagree with Stephen A because I think getting the vaccine is a personal choice. And when Kyrie persuaded Kevin Durant to go to Brooklyn instead of New York, COVID wasn't going on at that time. It wasn't a vaccine that was required to play at that time. Things have changed. Again, I do hope Kyrie Irving joins the Brooklyn Nets at some point this season, but I respect the hell out of Kyrie Irving for believing in what he believes in and standing firm on that. He's willing to lose money. He's willing to sacrifice possibly his basketball career. I respect Kyrie Irving for his decision and not getting the vaccine. And whenever he does decide to get the vaccine, if he chooses to do so, then that's when he will join the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Nets will be again, true championship contenders. 
But the way they constructed right now, I don't think the Brooklyn Nets can win the NBA championship. I don't. Because James Harden had the most quiet 24 points I can remember in his career last night. I mean, he had 24 points, but it was so quiet. Like, I didn't even really see James Harden put his imprint on the game like I've seen in years past. I don't know what's wrong with James Harden right now, but he is not playing like the superstar that he's capable of being. Like, this is not the same James Harden that was in Houston. It's not. Like, and I feel like that's also a part of the reason why the Brooklyn Nets are a team that's winning games, but they aren't juggernauts like the Golden State Warriors. They winning, but they're not juggernauts. They're not blowing teams out and being dominant while they are winning, just like the Lakers. Even when the Lakers do win games, the Lakers aren't dominating teams like they have in the past. They are barely squeaking by some of these teams. We saw them squeak by the Hornets a few games ago. We saw them squeak by the Miami Heat. That's the same thing with the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion. I mean, Brooklyn, they have won some games. I mean, they, they blew out Oklahoma City. A few days ago, they beat them 120 to 96, but they squeaked by the Pelicans. Like they barely beat the Pelicans Friday. They won 120 to 112. They blew out the Magic, but remember, they got blew out earlier this season by the Chicago Bulls, beat the Pistons 96-90. I mean, they are barely beating teams that they should be blowing out with Kevin Durant and James Harden. Atlanta Hawks, I think Atlanta has been struggling so far this, this year, but Brooklyn barely beat them. They beat them 117 to 108. So, like I said, right now, the Brooklyn Nets, they aren't great. They're good because they got Kevin Durant on their team. And I think Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA when he's playing at a high level at his best. Now, right now, Steph Curry is the best player in the NBA, and he is the leader on my NBA MVP list. Steph Curry's playing at a very, very high level right now. He really, really is. So, like I said last night, the Warriors put the rest of the NBA on notice that we are officially back being a true championship contender in the NBA. And we're going to get one of our Splash Brothers back here in a few weeks. And it's going to be Klay Thompson and Steph Curry in the backcourt reigning threes for the Golden State Warriors. They already have one of the best coaches in the NBA in Steve Kerr who knows his basketball in and out. And they are led by a great organization in Joe Lacob. And the Golden State Warriors are the real deal. And actually, I have a, something I want to read. This was from Kendrick Perkins. He was talking about the Golden State Warriors. And I thought he honestly summed the Golden State Warriors up in this one tweet perfectly. This was Kendrick Perkins. I've never seen a team combine young talent with great older talent like this. It's like the Warriors are rebuilding, but still competing at the same time. It's a beautiful thing to see. He is right because you still got veterans like Andre Iguodala, like Draymond Green, like Kevin Looney on this team, like Andrew Wiggins. But you got young players on this team who is contributing and really, really helping this team win games. You got Poole on this team okay you got Damian Lee okay so you got other players who are young 
who are contributing to the Warriors being currently where they are, and that's sitting at the top of the standings in the Western Conference at 12 and 2 right now. So they got they get, this team is a great all-around team, and they're the best team right now, currently in the NBA. I also like Gary Payton the second. I like him. I, I, I really do. Like he's a young player on this team who's contributing as well. So look out for Golden State. They are currently the best team in the NBA. And I believe if the Brooklyn Nets want to be taken seriously as contenders, they need to be on the phone right now with Kyrie Irving. Regardless of whether or not you agree with him not taking the vaccine, they need to try to convince him to take the vaccine and come back so the Brooklyn Nets can not only get out of the Eastern Conference, because right now, I don't even know if they can get out of the East right now. I don't, like, I'm not sure if the Brooklyn Nets can get out of the East currently right now while they're playing. Like, they are 10-5 and on the season. They're third currently in the East. But if they play the Miami Heat in a seven-game series, I would pick the Miami Heat. If they play the Chicago Bulls right now, I would pick the Chicago Bulls. I honestly think the Chicago Bulls are the favorites right now in the Eastern Conference as a whole. I mean, the way the Chicago Bulls is playing right now with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, he has improved on his game. I think the Chicago Bulls are the favorites right now in the Eastern Conference. I don't think it's the Brooklyn Nets. So if they get Kyrie Irving back, I think they'll solidify themselves as being the favorites in the East. But right now, it's the Chicago Bulls. It really is. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, WiseGuys. And be sure to follow WiseGuys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Let's transition. And I want to talk about the big-time matchup this Sunday in Kansas City. It's the primetime matchup for Week 11. We got the 7-2 Dallas Cowboys traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs at 6-4. It's a 425 Eastern Standard Time start on Sunday afternoon in Kansas City. Dallas Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, he was on 105.3, the fan. And he said, quote, it would be a hallmark win for us this year. Talking about if the Cowboys were able to pull off the win Sunday afternoon in Kansas City. So let's talk about this game. Which team needs a win more? Now, I understand why you would have people that would believe that the Kansas City Chiefs need this win more than the Dallas Cowboys. Because when you look at the Chiefs so far this season, they are 6-4 and four on the season. But you remember earlier this season, they had two back-to-back losses to the Ravens in Week 2, and then in Week 3 they lost to the L.A. Chargers. And then you saw how they played the Eagles in week three, but they struggled. They gave up 30 points to the Philadelphia Eagles. And then you remember in week five, they got blew out by the Buffalo Bills. And then, you know, you you go on through the season, they got completely blown off the field in week seven to the Tennessee Titans, barely beat the Giants, barely beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. I would understand why those individuals would say that the Kansas City Chiefs need this game more than the Dallas Cowboys because of the way the Chiefs have been playing so far this year. And we know they've been to back-to-back AFC Championship games. They've been to the Super Bowl the last two years. They have an NFL MVP in Patrick Mahomes. 
So I understand that we have this perception of the Chiefs as being a great football team. And you would think that this would be their statement win of the season going up against the Dallas Cowboys team, who is seven and two currently, and they are leading the NFC East. But I disagree because despite all of the issues that the Kansas City Chiefs have had so far this season, they are still leading the AFC West with six and four, with a six and four record so far this season. Patrick Mahomes on the season, he still has 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's thrown for close to 3,000 passing yards on the season. He is second currently in the NFL in passing yards. But when you flip the script on the other side and talk about the Dallas Cowboys, because the NFC is so competitive and the Cowboys are sitting at 7-2 on a season, you can make a legitimate argument that this Cowboys team needs to win more than the Chiefs because the Cowboys are trying to secure that number one seed in the NFC and have the role to the Super Bowl have to come through Dallas. Because when you look at the NFC, you got the Green Bay Packers sitting at eight and two. You got the Arizona Cardinals sitting at eight and two. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, you have the LA Rams. The competition is stiff. This is a game that the Cowboys need to win. Now, you look at the Cowboys' remaining schedule. They play in the NFC East, so we know they're going to win games. They're going to be right there at the end of the season with the rest of the teams at the top of the NFC. But we look at the rest of their games this season. Week 12, they're home against the Raiders. That could be a loss. They're at New Orleans. I would favor the Cowboys, but we know the Saints, they are a championship organization. You're not going to be able to dominate the New Orleans Saints despite them not having a Drew Brees or Jameis Winston. Week 14, they'll play the Washington football team. That's a win. Week 15, they play the Giants. Week 16, they play the Washington football team. Honestly, the rest of their schedule is cupcake. It's an easy schedule down the stretch for the Dallas Cowboys. If you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs in week 11 and improve to 8-2 on the season, I believe this could position the Dallas Cowboys to finish the season 14-3, maybe even 15-2. And if you 15 and two in the NFC, it's a good chance that you will be the number one seed in the NFC. And as stiff as the competition is right now in the NFC, home field advantage is going to be very, very important in the NFC playoffs this year. On that side of the bracket, home field advantage is critical. It's critical. And so I think the Cowboys, if they can win this game in week 11, I think they will position themselves to have an opportunity to have home for the advantage throughout the NFC in the playoffs. So that's why I believe that this Cowboys team, they need a win more so than the Chiefs. Now, let's talk about the quarterbacks in this matchup. Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes? Who has the edge? So let's talk about both these quarterbacks, right? On the season, Dak Prescott. 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's thrown for over 2,000 passing yards. 
He's completing 70% of his passes. Patrick Mahomes in the season, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, thrown for close to 3,000 passing yards, completing 66% of his passes. Pro Football Focus, they have Dak Prescott. He is ranked as the seventh best quarterback right now. Patrick Mahomes, he is ranked as the 21st best quarterback right now. Prescott, he ranks ninth in total QBR for the season. Mahomes, he is ranked 10th in total QBR. This is all about pro football focus. And we're talking about who would you rather have, Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes right now? Dak Prescott, he's turned the ball over eight times. He has five interceptions, three fumbles. Mahomes, he's turned the ball over 12 times, 10 interceptions, two fumbles. But I don't give a damn about what Pro Football Focus says. Make no mistake about it. The better quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he's been to back-to-back Super Bowls. The Kansas City Chiefs are the reigning AFC champions the last two years in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, he had a season where he won NFL MVP, and the man had 50 touchdowns, just 12 interceptions, threw for over 5,000 passing yards. He won MVP in 2018, by the way. And he is one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And y'all know I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I believe Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback in NFL history from a talent perspective. But after Aaron Rodgers, it's Patrick Mahomes. And I know Dak Prescott is having a great season. He really, really is. And I know the Dallas Cowboys right now are leading the division in the NFC East at 7-2. and two. And they are a top three seed right now in the NFC. And he has a great touchdown-interception ratio. 20 touchdowns, five interceptions is outstanding. And Dak Prescott, honestly, he's been great since 2016. He really, really has. Like, when you look at his numbers after 2016, let's go from 2016 on. 2016, 23 touchdowns, four interceptions. 2017, he had more interceptions this particular season. He had 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. But 2018, 22 touchdowns, eight interceptions. 2019, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And you remember last year, he lost the season and he injured himself and was out for the season. He only had nine touchdowns, four interceptions. So Dak Prescott is great. And I think he can win you a Super Bowl. I really, really do. I remember at one point, there was a conversation about who's better, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, or Jared Goff. You remember, I would say around 2017, 2018, Carson Wentz, he had an MVP caliber season and the the Philadelphia Eagles, they were playing at a very, very high level. Carson Wentz in the 2017 season, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So at that time, there were people that said Carson Wentz was better than Dak Prescott. And then you remember, and I believe it was 2018, Jared Goff, it might've been 2019. I think it was, it was 2019, Jared Goff. He led the LA Rams 
to the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. And there are people that said maybe Jared Goff is better than Dak Prescott. I'm here to tell you now, two years later, we have enough evidence to say Dak Prescott was always a better quarterback than Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. That is a fact. Okay. At one point, it was a debate between Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and Dak Prescott. It is no longer a debate. Dak Prescott is the better quarterback of the three. And he's playing some great football right now for the Dallas Cowboys. And again, I believe you can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott as your quarterback. But it's levels to this. And I believe that there are certain quarterbacks who are on a certain level who you don't win because you have them. You win because they are a great quarterback and they can carry you to a Super Bowl. That is Patrick Mahomes. And I think the other player who I was saying is in that conversation, although he's not playing this year, is Deshaun Watson. That's how much I believe in Deshaun Watson. That's why I said the Miami Dolphins should trade for Deshaun Watson. I think when you got Tua, Tua makes you a playoff contender. Watson makes you a Super Bowl contender. Same with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes will make you a Super Bowl contender, and he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And I know he was struggling in the early part of the season, turning the football over. And I think right now the Chiefs are ranked 30th and turnover differential in the NFL. And I think that's because of Patrick Mahomes. But make no mistake about it, Patrick Mahomes is elite. And he's one of the best throwers of the football in NFL history. Already, already Patrick Mahomes is one of the best throwers of the football. And he's only 26 years old, only 26 years old right now. And he's one of the best throwers in the NFL. So I think when you ask the question, who's better? It's Patrick Mahomes over Dak Prescott. That doesn't mean Dak Prescott isn't elite, but he's it's levels to this, and he's just not on Patrick Mahomes' level. So that's my that's my opinion about the Dak Prescott Patrick Mahomes debate, big time matchup this Sunday in Kansas City. Dallas Cowboys seven and two, Chiefs six and four. Both teams needs to win, but I think the Cowboys need to win more so than the Chiefs, just because of the stiff competition in the NFC. And I would take Patrick Mahomes currently still over Dak Prescott. Let's transition. Let's talk about the L.A. Rams as the L.A. Rams. They lost on Monday Night Football 31 to 10 to the San Francisco 49ers. And in that game, Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers, he went 15 of 19, 182 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Matthew Stafford, he struggled. He went 26 of 41. Threw for 243 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And so the question here is, should Ram fans remain patient or should they panic? I believe Rams fans should panic. And let me explain why. I know right now the LA Rams are currently second in the NFC West at seven and three on the season. I know right now that the L.A. Rams have an elite offense led by Matthew Stafford, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. 
They also are led by Cooper Cup, who's one of the best receivers in the NFL. And you just signed Odell Beckham in free agency, who is also an electrifying receiver when he's playing at his best. And they have one of the best young coaches in the NFL in Sean McVay, who is a great play caller for this LA Rams team. And then defensively, you got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, two of the best defensive players in the NFL. You still got Von Miller, who is a proven playmaker as a pass rusher in the NFL as well. But when you look at how this LA Rams team is losing games, they are getting straight up punked at the line of scrimmage. Like in the Monday night matchup against the 49ers, the 49ers, they had 156 rushing yards on the night, which means they were running the football and pretty much saying, hey, we're going to run the football right at you, Rams, and there is nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. And when a team knows that they can just run the football and have their way with you in the trenches at the line of scrimmage, that is something that can't be fixed. That's not something that Sean McVay can fix being able to draw up a scheme. That's not something that, you know, talent can fix. That's just a matter of will, not skill. And when opposing teams feel like they can run the football on your team, that's when you're going to lose games. And we saw that the last two weeks, we know they have playmakers. They got a great coach. They got great defensive players. But can you man up and stop opposing teams from running the football on you? It's like the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, they knew exactly what they wanted to do, and they did it, and the Browns had no answers. No answers. And Debo Samuel, he was dominant in this game. Five receptions, 97 receiving yards. Let's go ahead and give him 100 receiving yards on the night. Because it seemed like every time a play needed to be made, Debo Samuel was making the play for the 49ers. One touchdown, they couldn't stop Debo Samuel. They couldn't stop him. So this LA Rams team, they have to be able to win at the line of scrimmage. You're not going to be able to win football games playing pretty all the time. You're not. You gotta, it's gonna get it's gonna get tough, especially in the playoffs, especially in the playoffs when teams like the Cowboys with a rushing attack like Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, they're going to try to run the football against the Rams defense. And if the Rams want to win the NFC and get to the Super Bowl, they have to be able to stop the run because other teams they're gonna try to run the football on the Rams. They're not going to throw the ball over the yard against the Rams. They're going to try to run the football and make the Rams have to play smash mouth football. And if the Rams aren't able to man up and win the line of scrimmage battle, they're not going to be able to get back to the Super Bowl and represent the NFC in LA this year. It will not happen. Because even when you look at their role to the Super Bowl, right? They're going to have to beat the Arizona Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers potentially, the Green Bay Packers, or the Dallas Cowboys. And they're not going to have to play all four of those teams. But right now, they're fifth in the NFC, I believe. So 
you're going to start off in the NFL playoffs on the road if you're the Rams. So they're going to have to win three playoff role games, potentially, to have to get to the Super Bowl in L.A. And I think that's a tall order for L.A. Rams team. Having to possibly play the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, Green Bay in the cold in Wisconsin, it's going to be tough for the L.A. Rams. It's going to be tough for them. It really, really is. So they got to get it together and be able to stop the run. Like, you look at players on their team, like Aaron Donald, you know, like Leonard Floyd, you know, like, you know, you got Troy Reader, the linebacker. I mean, they got players who can make plays, you know, up front. Their front seven has to get better. Marquise Copeland, these players have to make plays for the Rams to be able to stop teams from running the football against them. They have to be able to do it. And so if they don't do that, that's something that could hurt their chances at being able to win another Super Bowl and get back to the Super Bowl. That's something that could really hurt their chances. So we're going to see what the Rams are made of. They got to buy this week, but in week 12, they got to come to Lambeau Field and take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be a big-time matchup in the NFC next week. I can't wait to break that down on next week's show. But everybody, remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'm going to be back on probably Friday, and I'm going to give everyone my Week 11 Wise Picks. Got some big-time matchups in the NFL this week. Packers at Vikings. I'll talk about that on Friday's show. We got Bengals at Raiders in Las Vegas. Big-time AFC matchup. And, of course, Cowboys-Chiefs. I'll give you all of my predictions for NFL Week 11 and my wise picks coming up on Friday's show. Everyone, enjoy your night. This is Trey Larkins signing off of Wise Guys. Remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'm turning it over to the Sports Loud Mouths with Earl and Speedy. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.